You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson. And I'm Brad Gray. And we've been having a fantastic morning uh, talking to Todd Mickelson. Uh, he's just such a wonderful man. And yes. And all the work that he's oh, doing, gosh. that he's done for Shanley and now for Friends at Chimbote. Uh, just perfect guy for the perfect job. I believe it. I just got to meet him this morning, but it was it was a treat. The guy is impressive. Yeah, yeah. And all the work he's doing. Yeah, Very absolutely. humble servant of God. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to be speaking with another humble servant of God, Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, we are just so excited for you to join us and tell us about some of the exciting moves that are happening in your diocese. Hello, thank you so much for having me, Janine and Brad. So my name is Janelle Gergen, as you mentioned, and I've been working for the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, I'm in my ninth year now. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the Diocese of Crookston purchased the Mount St. Benedict campus um, on Summit Avenue in Crookston from the Sisters of St. Benedict. We're located adjacent to the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Crookston. And so with the purchase of this campus, we've renamed the facility the Diocese of Crookston Pastoral Center. Mm. And uh, so we house diocesan operations here. We host retreats or we have the ability to host retreats, I should say, because sure. we've, we've just moved in. But um, but the building is modern and accessible because of all this. So we're looking to sell our chancery building, actually, that housed our operations for 70 years. Wow. So our chancery building um, and 20-acre, it's a 20-acre property on Memorial Drive in Crookston is currently for sale. But, yeah, so the transition to the pastoral center took place uh we're in our fourth week now in the new space so wow how's it how's it been are you starting to get settled in at all janelle we are you know every so often we still hear i still hear you know hammers are pounding nails mm-hmm. into pictures pictures are being hung in offices um you know a few printer problems some voicemail problems just trying to you know navigate all the technology switching around but anyway so yeah the, the hurdles are small in that way but we're we're working you know, diligently to figure all that stuff out for our staff. But now things things have gone really, really well. Oh, great. Oh, that's fantastic, Janelle. So how were you involved in this since the beginning? Uh, you say you've been there at not, for nine years. Um, I'm sure there's been a process to, to make this move. Um, how, were, how was your involvement part of that? Sure. So a capital campaign was launched actually in mid-2021, and prior to that, there was, of course, all kinds of meetings and preparations because the Sisters of St. Benedict had addressed that they had a need for someone to come in, and, and we had a need because our diocesan operations were not functioning maybe at the capacity that they could be in our in our former building. Hmm. And so a steering committee was comprised of about 13 individuals, and I was named to the steering committee back at the end of 2020 into early 2021. And so as part of the work of the steering committee, you know, I helped with kind of messaging and communications ahead of the launch of the capital campaign, and I also served as secretary for our, for our steering committee. So I was, I was involved, I guess, kind of in a behind-the-scenes way before the public launch, but then as, as the campaign carried on, I... I assisted, you know, with marketing materials um, 
And of course, our stewardship office just did a phenomenal job with with all with all of this. It was kind of, but it was in many ways, it was all hands on deck. Anybody that had uh, capacity in their workload, you know, to assist with these efforts. So I definitely, but so, but it was a really great time of getting to know people from around the diocese of Crookston that were really invested in this work and sure. um, just different key stakeholders. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun so janelle you had mentioned that uh at the previous location the the offices weren't able to kind of function at full capacity what are, what are some of the opportunities that this new facility opens up for the the diocesan staff uh for the diocese of crookston sure so you know we used to rent secular locations well first of all our old chancery building was 70 years old mm. and it was originally built as a residence for the bishop and the vicar general oh um, it was constructed of concrete during the Cold War, you know, um, so renovations were not anything that were, would sure. be easy to take on. You know, it wasn't handicap accessible. Um, the chapel was really small because it was basically a residential chapel for the bishop. It only seated about 16 people. Um, the, the offices were, again, they were all designed as a residential space. And mm. so, you know, it just, we had to rent secular locations if we couldn't access um, a certain parish we needed, you know, in order to host a big meeting or a large gathering. Mm -hmm. And so this location just really allows us to hold retreats. Uh, The chapel seats 135. We've got meeting and training rooms to accommodate groups, Um, 44 single and double rooms to accommodate retreats, so plenty of administrative office space. So, yeah, it's it's really just going to help. Uh, you know, help us to form missionary disciples, which is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be great to collaborate with our partners and parishes. And then really, even though we have 20 kind of piloted retreats scheduled for this upcoming year, wow. we hope that that's just going to, and it's a lot of it's just diocesan things that are cyclical that typically happen anyways. Mm-hmm. But then from there... You know, we'll, we hope to become a regional retreat destination in the future mm. because it's in Northwest Minnesota. There's really been a need, uh, you know, for for space for people to come to pray, to gather, to worship. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, and we have the the same uh, struggles in the diocese of Fargo as far as having uh, retreat spaces. You know, there the we have the two convents and one in Valley City and one in Hankinson, and a lot of times, you know, they're booked up with with different events. And so just having, having a facility to hold these things is, is so, so helpful. Uh, I mean, a lot of times people don't think about uh, when you're organizing these sorts of events, whether it be retreats or, you know, we do a series of conferences and like, there's, there's just such limited venues. There's such limited resources yeah. that you're just kind of pigeonholed into like, this is all we can do because we don't have the facilities to actually make anything else happen. So that is a huge deal actually. It is, for sure. And just simply because we're adjacent to the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, which is our mother church of our diocese, that's that's a great gift, yeah. too, because there we we do share space with them for, for some events as well. So just to kind of all, we're all just centralized here. So it's, it's a beautiful gift. It, it is. And the proximity, I, you know, I agree with you. It's it's nice because even when you look at Fargo and you have St. Ann and Jolcom just across the the field there, really, it is nice to have that large worship space as well as, you know, the facility to house 
How's everything? I've been to Mount St. Benedict's and had friends that were there. Uh, of course, Sister Marianne Welch, who was principal at St. Joe's, and Sister Agatha, who just passed away recently, was the greatest math teacher for our kids. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it's really special. So when I, I saw this interview, it's like, tell us about the sisters, you know, because there are still sisters um, up there. How, how does this affect them? Absolutely. That's a really great question, and it's something that people have been asking these last many months. So, you know, the sisters have retired from active ministry and, you know, maintaining building operations, maintenance, food service, housekeeping, groundskeeping for them for themselves and just any others, it really became burdensome. Mm. Um, so, and their, their community has decreased, their community has decreased in size. And so they realized that they had an abundance of space here that, you know, could be shared. If, mm-hmm. if the, sh- the space could be shared if, if there would be a ministry focus. And that's really what they had hoped for, to find a partner in ministry. And so this allows adequate space for the sisters to reside and live out their monastic lives here. But then with the dual purpose of we can be working on all our ministerial endeavors as well. So we'll, we'll have some shared space, of course, like dining areas and a chapel. But and So basically, the sisters are essentially, for lack of a better word, you know, renting their living space from us, but the, the takeaway is that we can maintain the property and the operations and care for this beautiful space that they have created. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a blessed and beautiful partnership for sure. Mm. How long was this uh, was this project in the works before it was able to kind of blossom and come to true fruition? Sure, I would say you know conversations began in 2019 and 2020, mm. and then of course the pandemic hit, and some things kind of had a pause there because of the pandemic. But you know, always conversations and documents were were being drafted in preparation for something such as this. Mm. So. You know, the public phase of it, of course, when everything went public in, in the summer of 2021, but it was about two years in the making. The sisters just realizing, you know, with with their community, again, just the community kind of dwindling in number, you could say, um, as they've experienced deaths and, mm-hmm. you know, just wanting wanting to be able to partner with somebody who would respect their monastic lives and that they would be able to maybe move on or move out as they need. We sure. have Villa St. Vincent across the street, too. So um, sisters sisters have been able to move out, you know, uh, when they reach that stage or they maybe need more advanced care. Um, but it's all very localized here. It's very central to um, the cathedral and the Villa St. Vincent nursing home and, and our new pastoral center. So it's, we're, all, we're all just on the same block. So mm. it's, it's been a really great, spatially, it's a really great, situation for the for the sisters well and i'm so happy to hear that because when you look at the sisters of saint benedict and all they did for catholic education uh really throughout our listening area uh but just coming up with uh sister scholastica one of the first principals at saint joe's you know in moorhead and um you know just the mark that they have left on the hearts minds and souls of so many lives in the history of the Diocese of Crookston. I'm just so glad to hear that it's just a, a beautiful uh, relationship that you have, that you continue with them. Absolutely. Yep, they've been here for over 100 years, mm. 
And not just education, they haven't just made their mark in education, but healthcare as well. You're right. You know, hospitals, uh, hospitals all around Northwest Minnesota. So, yeah, we've just, we're indebted to the sisters, you know, are being able to, I shouldn't say take care of them in these later years because they're strong, right. smart, <laughs> independent women. But, but this arrangement, again, it's just, it just, it's more of a help in the sense that, you know, property and, and building operations, it's, it's no easy task, you right. know, and so we, we assume all of that um, for them. And, and, yeah, so we are just so blessed for all that they've done for us. So, oh, Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. But on the other side of the break, we're going to talk more with Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston about their move into Mount St. Benedict's campus for the new pastoral center. So stay with us on Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We've been having a fantastic conversation with Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston. I'm Janine Vitson. And I'm Brad Gray. 
And again, it's just been a fantastic yeah. morning, but yep. we're talking about this really exciting move that happened in the Diocese of Crookston. Yeah, and we were just actually talking on the break here, too. I had heard uh, that when there's the transfer of a property like this, a convent or facility, that it actually requires Vatican approval. And Janelle was saying that this is true. So Janelle, tell us a little bit about this. And I guess I should start off by saying, too, I don't know if we really properly introduced you at the beginning of it all, that Janelle, you're the chancellor for the Diocese of Crookston. You're also the director of communications, correct? That is correct. Yes. Thank you. And that is a that is a good question. So, yes, there was a process in which so the Sisters of Saint Benedict have a prior, excuse me, an an administrator right now, and the administrator assisted you know with the Sisters of Saint Benedict receiving permission from their federation of Benedictine communities. So their federation approved of basically the transfer of this asset and how this arrangement would work. And so from there, then the Bishop of Crookston, it was required that Bishop Cousins send a letter to the appropriate congregation in Rome mm. at the Vatican to to explain the situation, the need on the part of the diocese. Um, and so that letter was sent in January. Bishop Cousins was installed in December, of course. Mm-hmm. And then the letter was sent in January, and I helped him draft that letter. Okay. So I, I have remembrance of it. I don't have it in front of me, sure. but yes, yep, I helped him draft it, and it was sent. And so, yes, the appropriate, you know, permissions, you yeah. could say, were granted, so that was a piece of it. And then even um, his predecessors, Bishop Cousins' predecessors, had to, um, you know, the College of Consultors of our diocese, which is a group of priests that help the bishop with matters of, you know, large real estate transactions or just large financial things. Um, the College of Consultors had approved this, you know, back in early 2021. So all the appropriate, you know, canonical things that were kind of happening in the background took place leading up to what was then, you know, what became the capital campaign. So I have to say that I'm, I'm a bit shocked by the um, efficiency, it sounds like, of the Vatican of receiving a letter in January and you've already moved at this point. I didn't know if yeah. that takes like a year or two years or how long it takes them to get, get back on something like that. Right. No, yeah, it uh, it went as smooth as possible. And I think part of it was just knowing the steps to take um, and when to take them because mm. the consultors had already approved and then the Federation, you know, had to approve. So, yeah, I think it, it all went in the proper order. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe maybe because nowadays we can email things yeah. in advance of sending it through the mail that they... <laughs> There are some efficiency, more efficiency in Rome than we might think. But. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Are, yeah. You know, Janelle, I wanted to ask you, are there ways our listeners can assist in this transition? I imagine it's a pretty big undertaking to to make this move. Um, I know that you've invited them financially. Are there still financial needs for that or uh, physical volunteer needs for that? Of course. Let me just touch on the fact that um, we... Our, our big focus for us right now is integrating and uniting staff in this facility. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, our, our original diocesan staff was about 16 individuals. And then Mount St. Benedict had their own staff uh, for maintenance, food service, housekeeping. And so what we did was we've now combined those staffs with Bishop Cousins, of course, as mm-hmm. the shepherd of the diocese and our chief of staff here. And so... We're just really intentional right now about uniting everybody and just, you know, focusing on engagement with one another and the mindset that we're all a team of servant leaders for Christ's mission. 
in service of the church. So it doesn't matter if your role was with the sisters before and, and now you're with the diocese or you were the diocese before and now you're coexisting with the sisters. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we're all on the same team. And so there's been such a focus. I would say for our listeners to be able to just pray for our staff as we continue to integrate and unite and that operations can just overcome any little transitional hurdles. I mentioned uh, when we were offline a little about how we're still trying to work out some tweaks with our voicemail and mm-hmm. our scanners and our printers and all of that. So just um, that any of these kind of like earthly things would, uh, you know, these earthly problems would dissipate and, and our connectedness and our communications could be really great. And, you know, just prayer for that. And then, of course, um, we're looking to fill a few vacancies in our kitchen and with our maintenance staff, too. So pray for any hiring needs that we have now or in, you know, or in coming months. And then, you know, we're going to be funding an endowment to to help um, secure the operations of this facility. And so over the next 18 months, that's going to be a key part of the strategy. Mm. So, yeah, again, just being able to finish off the last, last portion of the capital campaign Um yeah, prayers for all of it is, is really important to us. Yeah, and to have an endowment like that, too. I mean, the first endowment in the Diocese of Crookston was actually started by Sister Marianne Welch at St. Joe's School. And so how cool is that, that it was one of the sisters, you know, who started the first endowment in Crookston, and then here yeah. to set up an endowment for the facility that the sisters mm called home it's definitely it's definitely a full circle moment yeah no doubt so janelle i mean it had to be i don't know i guess somewhat um unsettling in the sense that you it's not like things began with the conversation about this move and, and acquiring the property and everything back in 2018 2019 and then you have covid hit and then you have to do a capital campaign uh you know uh, was that taking place during COVID or kind of on the outside of COVID where, you know, we're already at this financial crunch going on throughout the country. What, what was that like for you guys in doing the, the campaign to bring this about? Because it seemed like the Lord was, was opening the doors for you, right? Absolutely. You know, that was a concern in the sense that, you know, all these conversations were happening in the background and then COVID hit. So, you know, the timing of, we, we did have to take somewhat of a pause, mm-hmm. you know, and we did have an Episcopal transition that ended right. up being a part of it, too. But um, really, it just, the Lord showed the steering committee, you know, really how generous and faithful He is because mm-hmm. through through the people of God in this diocese. But when, when the priests were informed and, and other clergy, I mean, people were really excited to back this, I think because they realized that it was such a need. It was a need for our um, our diocesan ministries to be able to be in a in a functional facility in a functional space for our ministry. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, of course, all of all of the people in our parishes and our pastors and everything, you know, they're all stakeholders of what we do, and mm-hmm. and they buy in, of course, to what our mission is and in service. So, so they saw the need from that angle, and then of course, you know. Everybody wants to support what the sisters need too, and um, so really, our, our capital campaign was called the perfect fit because it really was the perfect fit for all parties, and even regardless of of what we're you know facing just with the financial crunch, maybe post pandemic, mm-hmm. um, people people have been generous because they really understand what we're about and mm-hmm. what our needs are, and and the people in Northwest Minnesota have always been really generous to the church, so. I think, you know, there was a lot of grace in that, and, um, you know, we're, we're hoping that the Lord now will open one big final 
door that we hope the Lord will open is just, you know, finding a buyer for our chancery mm-hmm. property in those 20 grounds. It's a beautiful piece of real estate um, in Memorial Drive in Crookston. And we just have faith and trust that the Lord is going to provide. You know, He's provided for us up to now. And, um, you know, I'm sure everybody's had a little, a few sleepless nights, whether it's our finance officer or sure. director of stewardship, you know, I mean, but that's just kind of common. But, you know, there was, there's just such excitement about around this project. Um, and our diocese has been through a lot, you know, in recent years, but this has really provided us a lot of hope and mm-hmm. kind of a launching pad for future for the future. And Bishop Cousins has been really excited, just even when he came in and his announcement day back in October, and he was able to tour Mount St. Benedict and meet the sisters last October, and and he, he was immediately excited um, about this entire project. So, yeah, we're grateful for that. Well, it is. It's a beautiful diocese, the Diocese of Crookston. It was home to us for many, 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 19, 20 years. Mm. And um, so many wonderful people that uh, Bishop Cousins has to shepherd. And I'm just really excited for all of you. I'm excited for the sisters, too. I, I know to be stressed about financials and, you know, finance and money. Um, it's not a healthy thing. So for them to just be able to live the rest of their life and, you know, that monastic way of life Mm -hmm. and and in prayer and in uh, the incredible things that they do uh, for the Diocese of Crookston is is very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is is just great because, I mean, also working at a diocesan office, um, you know, there's, there's an awareness that I have that, you know, our parishes do such a phenomenal job of being a home for the families throughout their diocese, right? But the parishes yeah. also have limited resources. There are certain things that they're not able to provide, things like these retreats and different events that the, the diocese has that necessary role of, of kind of providing those broad events. And this is going to give you that, that ability to really minister to the Church of Crookston, uh, the, the Diocese of Crookston, more broadly, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And... I would say things um, like we're going to have our first Curcio retreats for men's and women's Curcio this fall. And, you know, they've been using another non-Catholic, you know, Bible camp location mm-hmm. in our diocese, you know, for many years. But our facilities here are actually, um, you know, an improvement for mm-hmm. that ministry, I could say. And I think that there's people that I see that are willing to try this sort of, if they've never been on a retreat before, they're willing to try a retreat, just knowing yes. how how new and um, accommodating the facilities are here, and that it is in a Catholic setting, you know, mm-hmm. that, that brings a certain level of comfort. You know, another thing is um, college ministry. We've got college ministries in Crookston and Bemidji and Moorhead, and, you know, the college, we want to be able to bring our college ministries together, mm-hmm. and so we have, we have retreats scheduled for that this fall, which I think is going to be really wonderful. They're not going to have to travel, you know, a far way outside the diocese of Crookston just to just to, you know, um, grow our young adults community. You could say so. We're excited about that. And then um, we actually, uh, you know, marriage retreats. Yeah. We yeah. haven't we haven't been able to have marriage retreats um, so good. in a, in a proper location. So yes, it's gonna we're going to be able to connect people in ways we haven't been able to connect them in the past. Fantastic. Well, we give thanks to God for that, and thanks for being on with us this morning, Janelle. It is, it's just, it is really exciting. We're kind of coming thank to the you, end Janita here, but, Brad. but yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. So we are going to have to take a quick step away here, but on the other side of this break, we're going to be talking uh, with the parents, kind of Marianne uh, Dupong, about Michelle Dupong. Stay with us.